Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. I'm Hakun Wong, the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time, and with me are my co-hosts, Ryan Whitfield and Joey Alibro. Uh, all of us are sheltering in place, so to speak, uh, except Joey, not sheltering in place, but social distancing as much as we should, and, uh, and although there's no live sports on TV, which is uh, particularly notable today, which because it should have been opening day for MLB. There are lots of things going on in the NFL with free agency. Uh, now, before we get to that, though, I'm going to ask you guys, uh, Joey and Ryan, you know, what have you been doing to occupy your time? Now, Joey, you're not even sheltering at home at this point, so what, are you, what have you been up to? Uh, you know the saying, uh, things move a little slower in the South? Um, well, yep. that rings true for the brain of my dipshit governor, Brian Kemp. Um, he is refusing to take any action, and it's uh, unfortunate. We're seeing a huge increase in cases every day in Georgia, and he has done uh, the bare minimum. So oh, okay. it's, it's been scary, and uh, just hoping everybody's doing well out there. Yeah, no, no. Well, the bare minimum obviously does not work. We were actually bare minimum for a while up here in New York, and now it is a complete and absolute disaster. Holy crap. You know, and the worst part about it is you can't find toilet paper anywhere. It totally sucks. You're like, dude, why is it the first thing that you think of when there's a viral pandemic that you're just going to go buy every every roll of toilet paper on the planet? It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Hey, Ryan, I know you've been sheltering at home, so tell me, um, what's the story with uh, what's the story going on with you here? Ryan, you're kind of on. So I see, oh, and there goes Ryan. <laughs> he was on. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was almost Ryan. He'll be here eventually, everybody. Don't worry, don't you worry about that. But, uh, yeah, I know that Ryan for sure is definitely sheltering in place because he was going stir crazy. I know that for sure. And uh, if you follow uh, his, his Instagram or his Facebook, you'll just see lots of him doing random stuff outdoors with his son. So that's always cool to see. At least he's gotten some me time. Ryan. It's part two. He's trying again. Are you on? I'm going to go with no on this. <laughs> I'm going to go with we don't hear you, Ryan. I see you, but we don't hear you. Well, this looks like it's going to be a rough day for Ryan. He's here in spirit. He's here on the, on, on the soundboard. I can see his name. I know you're there, Ryan. I just not, I'm not, just not hearing you. You hearing him, Joey? Uh, no. Someday, no, when he actually does uh, hook in, I'm just going to pretend I don't hear him anyway, you know, just for the fun of it, just to see what he does. I oh, kind of yeah, want to hear. I can only imagine guy, what he's so. saying right now. He's probably yelling all sorts of obscenities into his mic. <laughs> 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 Look at that. We made it all the way through the theme song. This is amazing. I don't think we've ever got to the end of the theme song before. So here we are at the end of the theme song waiting for Ryan. Ryan, are you, are you there? You still trying this connection? All right, I'm going to just tell him that we can't hear him. Um, okay, so anyway, we got a lot that we're going to talk about today because, uh, as I said, a lot of stuff is going on in the NFL. Um, and, of course, uh, free agency. You know, I mean, that's just some really exciting stuff going on in free agency, which is terrific because there's nothing else 
to watch. You know, we're going to talk about Tom Brady and his new home in Tampa Bay. We're going to talk about our favorite free agent signing so far and so much more. So, you know, hey, let's get this started. All right, well, let's see here. Since uh, I know that Ryan is still suffering from some technical difficulties here, which is kind of uh, how the show normally goes, let's go over to you first, Joey. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Tom Brady? And, and just to give everybody the right amount of background, uh, on March 20th, Tom Brady signed a two-year deal worth $50 million, fully guaranteed, with up to $4.5 million each year in incentives and includes a no-trade and no-tag clause. Specifically, includes $10 million in a roster bonus, $15 million salary each year, fully guaranteed. Boy, I'd love to have a contract like that. Up to $2.25 million each year, tiered, tied to top five finishes and passer rating, touchdowns, uh, yards, completion percentages, and yards per pass. And up to $2.25 million extra dollars each year, tied to playoff appearances, the Super Bowl, and playtime. And Brady can end up to $59 million on his two-year deal. And Brady had said on Instagram that he is excited humble and hungry, and he's ready to prove it on the field, um, and he's getting ready to go. He's ready to get to work. So what do you think here, uh, Joey? Uh, I know Ryan is a long-suffering Patriots fan, so we'll get his perspective in a second, but what do you think about this move for Tom Brady? What does it mean for the uh-huh. Patriots? What does it mean for Tampa Bay and Tom? Okay. So starting with the Patriots, um, as a Giants fan who just you know went through the whole Eli process and him retiring, I, this is a similar feeling, I'm sure, for Patriots fans seeing him walk away from the team after you know 20 years or whatever. Um, but I think the silver lining here for Patriots fans is you don't give extensions to 42-year-old quarterbacks, no matter if their name's Tom Brady or not. Not the quarterback yeah. as he was in years past. Still top 15, top 10 maybe. Um, but I think the team was ready to move on and uh, start a new future um, because I was, all the reports I saw coming out was that Brady didn't even want as much from New England as he wanted from Tampa Bay. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of Brady, I'm from South Florida. I was born there. I got a lot of family there. And Tampa Bay sucks. Like, the city in general <laughs> and the people are kind of garbage. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Sorry Hot take. From Tampa there we Bay. go. Hot take on Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa Bay is not that awesome. So to see a guy like Tom Brady, who's like glitz and glamour and his wife's a supermodel, see him go to Tampa Bay over like a Los Angeles or a Las Vegas kind of rubs me the wrong way. It like doesn't make any sense. Um, but <laughs> in terms of, in terms of a football move, it, it kind of makes sense, I guess, you know, uh, Bruce Arians is there. I've supported him on this podcast a lot. He's, he's one of my favorite offensive lines in football. Um, uh-huh. But with that said, Brady doesn't really fit the Arians' mold of, like, bombing it down the field. Um, his arm strength has just been declining. Um, his accuracy, True. like, 15 True. yards out is way lower than it used to be. Um, so I, I, I think the Bucks will be a good team. I think they'll probably make the playoffs. they got a lot of talent on that offense, and uh, they're, they're only adding it in free agency and in the upcoming drafts. Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts on Tom Brady. Um, I'm not too happy to be playing him in uh, uh, MetLife in November on a Monday night, I believe, for yeah. playing the Bucs. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, so that would be a, yeah. a good little game. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think – so it's – you know, you bring up some good points there. But, you know, 
I, I can tell you why he went down to Tampa Bay, right? It's obviously not because Tampa Bay is a great place to go live. No offense to those guys in Tampa Bay, by the way. We love you. I'm sitting from Tampa Bay. It's 59 it's million reasons tax. why he's there, you know, for two years. That's, that's why he's going there. And yeah. I, I do think he's try, he's got something to prove, right? I mean, a lot of people have had this kind of debate about whether it was Bill Check or if it was Tom Brady. And I think one mm-hmm. of those things that you, you want to do at the end of your career, if you're Tom Brady, because Bill Belichick, you know, he can coach for quite some time to come, but, you know, Tom's not going to be on the field much longer, uh, is to prove that it's you, right, that it wasn't all Belichick. It was actually is actually Tom Brady, it was actually TB12 that's responsible for those championships, not Bill Belichick. And I think he's going to have a hard time with that. I think that you're right that the Arians uh, system doesn't necessarily fit him, uh, he definitely has doesn't have a big arm like he used to. This is not, you know, uh, I can't remember, like 2007 when he's like bombing it all over the place. Um, it's just not that anymore. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Now, that being said, he is set up pretty well, right? You know, you got you got some great receiving options out there in Evans and Godwin and um, O.J. Howard. You know, I mean, there's a lot of excellent, excellent options for him to throw to there. So I, I do think that there is some potential um, but whether he's a difference maker or not, I don't know. All I can say is that if you go to Tampa Bay Buccaneers' website, it basically says on the front, can't wait for TB12, we're ready to chase championships. Plural, championships. That's how excited they are. They <laughs> think they're going to be in play for the Super Bowl in multiple that, years that's just a, that's because they added. That's another question I have, though. That's another right. question I have is that does adding Tom Brady make Tampa a uh, an instant championship contender over these two years? I, I don't think the answer is yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't. But I think right, I agree with that. I, I don't think the answer is yes. I don't think they're contenders just yet. Right. Uh, and he's right. only getting older. So in two years' time, when he's 44, 45 years old, right. what are they going to do then? <laughs> no, that's a great. That is a great question. I mean, for now, like you said, Tampa doesn't have a lot going for them. Well, and I'll and I'll say something else though. You know, Tampa Bay. What what I know them for isn't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, although they've had their they've had their heyday uh, many many years and many years ago. But you know Tampa Bay Lightning, good team, so they got something. They got something. It's just that uh, it's so funny that you add Tom Brady. I mean I I can I remember when uh, Brett Favre moved, you know, and um, you know people were excited, but they weren't this excited. They weren't like we're we're contending for multiple championships because <laughs> we got Brett Favre. Nobody was saying that in the Jets. Um, I guess. I mean, he had a shot, I guess, with the Vikings. I just, you know, it just, it, I can't, I can't explain it. It's almost like it's, uh, it's almost like just, just the, uh, the fact that he's Tom Brady is, is going to make them a winner. I don't know if that's going to be true. But that being said, it, it's going to be interesting because James Winston has that guy, big arm but no accuracy. Tom Brady, a lot of accuracy, no arm though. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out for them. Boy, I'm really loving. I really wish I could get some, uh, some, uh, some insight here from Ryan, but we can't seem to get a hold of him. So let's, for now, just put a pin in it, move on to the next one here, talk a little bit about our favorite free agent signings uh, so far. So why don't you hit us up with your top three favorite free agent signings during the offseason so far? Yeah, so I've got a a trio of, like, low-key signings that kind of flew under the radar a bit. Um, The first one is Nikel Roby Coleman, who signed a one-year one point three million dollar one and with one million guaranteed the Eagles. Um uh-huh. over the past three seasons with uh Los Angeles, he's 
uh, logged 122 tackles, 20 passes defended, and three interceptions and three forced fumbles. And PFF actually graded them as their 16th best corner. So to get, you know, a top 16 corner in the NFL, uh, the guy can just plug and play in the slot uh, for a million dollars is actually great value for the Eagles, um, which I hate saying. Uh, But I I actually really – that was one of my favorite signings. Uh, The second one was uh, the Bills signing Vernon Butler. He was pretty underwhelming during his time in Carolina. And then in his contract year, which you see a lot with these rookie contracts or in their – their final uh, fourth year or whatever, and their team doesn't pick up the fifth-year option, these guys kind of explode onto the scene. So he signed uh, a, a two-year deal uh, worth $16 million. The kid reached $18 million in incentives, and then it was 9.3 guaranteed. Uh, obviously, uh-huh. Sean McDermott was there um, as the Panthers' defensive coordinator when they drafted Vernon Butler in the first round in 2016. But, yeah, uh-huh. last year, um, after the Panthers declined his fifth-year option, he uh, had 32 tackles, six sacks, and three forced fumbles which is pretty phenomenal for an interior uh, defensive lineman getting that, generating that much pressure and forcing some, forcing some turnovers. Um, so that was one of my uh, favorites. And my last one, super low-key, uh, Nate Ebner. I know uh, Ryan would be appreciating this pick right now. He was the uh, yeah. basically the Robin to Matthew Slater's uh, Batman in the special teams unit for New England. Um, so the Giants picked him up. Um, I didn't find any details on the contract value, but I'm sure it's uh, not much considering his role. Um, but right. the Giants' uh, special teams unit has been one of the best in the league for the last couple of years. And bringing in Joe Judge, who was the special teams coordinator there and the wide receivers coach in New England, is only going to help that unit. Um, according to the uh, Rick Gosselin's uh, special teams rankings and 2018, the giants ranked number 15 and then 2019, they ranked number seven. Um, and a lot of people overlook special teams, but it's a great opportunity and it shows, you know, how, how well a team is composed and how disciplined they are. Um, so adding Nate Ebner really helps that unit. Yeah, no, I, that, that's something I, I those are kind of, those are signings that definitely do kind of did kind of flow and fly under the radar for me, at least some of those are, pretty interesting um, to think about what the impact will be. And there have been so many free agent moves so far that it's just been, you know, absolutely surprising. All right. Ryan is back on the board. Are you here? Can we, are you there, Ryan? Nope. Doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like we are hearing you, Ryan. Wow. He is having the worst trouble connecting right now. So, and I, I don't know if you recall this. You probably don't recall this, Joey, but there was a, a point in time probably a year or two ago where I was trying to get everything set up and running, and it turned out that my mic was on, and it was actually working, but I didn't realize it. I was literally like the worst sailor on the planet. I was totally freaking out. <laughs> and uh, I can only imagine that Ryan is just like that right now at this very moment because oh, I've seen him pop up and pop on our – yeah, right. He's been jumping up and down on the switchboard like three or four different times now, which is like, uh, which you know, that's. So I assume that he is uh, absolutely losing his mind at this point. Um, all right. So <laughs> let me. Um, so those those are great. Those are great ones. Here we go. Here's Ryan again. Okay, Ryan, are you here this time? Nope. Doesn't look like it. This is going to be a running gag in the show now. 
see. So as far as our <laughs> listeners can tell, Ryan never actually tried to call in. We're just actually saying this to make people think that if they stay on long <laughs> enough, they'll get Ryan's hot take on Tom Brady. <laughs> Everybody, just Thomas hang on. He He's going to be here any minute. He is panicking. He is panicking. <laughs> Okay, Ryan, uh, it looks like you're still not uh, – I see you on the uh, switchboard, but unfortunately I do not hear you. You, uh, Let's see here. What I can do is, Ryan, if you uh, send me your phone number, I can just call you directly from the switchboard and uh, add you that way. So hopefully you can hear me on that one, Ryan. <laughs> this has got to be fascinating for people listening in. All right, so let's just move on for a minute here because uh, those are great – those are great ones, I, and uh, I didn't really appreciate them as much as um, some of the bigger ones because there are so many moves in free agency this year. I, I want to highlight three as well. Um, I want to highlight Robert Quinn, uh, outside linebacker, signed with the Bears, five years, $70 million. He had a huge year of Dallas last year, racked up 11.5 sacks, 22 knockdowns in 14 games. Um, he is, uh, I think, quite consistent, much more consistent than people think because of the fact that everyone has, has said, okay, well, he had a bounce back. He was a little bit down the year before, but that's not true. If you look at ESPN's uh, pass rush win rate metric, PRWR, in 2018 and 2019, he was by far the best, uh, by a big margin over second place. And second place was T.J. Watt. I think you all heard of T.J. Watt. And he's won on 32.6% of his pass rush attempts. He's created a sack once every 22 pass rush attempts over the last two seasons. And that by itself is fifth best uh, amongst football in football defenders with 40, 400 or more attempts. So I really do like that. I mean, clearly the Bears have many more holes to fill than just defense. But, heck, you know, we got uh, we got Kelly O'Mac on one side. You add Robert Quinn to the other side. Uh, we'll have a, a great some great edge rushers there. So we won't be able to score, but neither will teams playing against us. So that's great. The other one I want to <laughs> highlight is Teddy Bridgewater. I mean – Three years, $63 million. Uh, He had that career-threatening knee injury in uh, Minnesota. It is amazing what a great story it is for him to work his way back. And the great work he did in in New Orleans when uh, Drew Brees was out, everyone thought, geez, well, that's the end of the season. And he really did carry that team and showed everyone that he is back to what everyone thought he would be in Minnesota. Now the Panthers are giving him $40 million guaranteed over the next two seasons. And then they went ahead and cut Cam Newton. Now, I'm not sure I agree with cutting Cam Newton, but that being said, um, this is a big move for them. You know, and maybe Carolina decides to draft a quarterback in 2021 if Bridgewater struggles. But for now, uh, for now, Teddy seems to be the guy. And um, this move kind of brings Teddy back with uh, the Panthers, the new Panthers offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. Everyone knows about Joe Brady because he served as an offensive assistant with the Saints in 2018 and then took over as LSU's offensive coordinator last season and really unlocked Joe Burrow, who everyone knows is the presumptive first overall pick in the in this uh in this upcoming NFL draft, assuming he doesn't get put off. You know, it's it's a big it's big time. I think this is a big time. There's a lot of opportunity for him in terms of uh, the coaching staff. I think this is a nice reboot for him. The Panthers have great receivers in Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and they've just added Robbie Anderson as well. Um these guys can all make catches and make plays after the catch. And so Bridgewater has amazing accuracy. Generally doesn't hasn't shown a big arm, but he has amazing accuracy. He put these he can put these receivers in positions in which they can catch balls in stride and make some big plays. I lo- I love that. I love that, and I, I love the route for uh, Teddy Bridgewater in uh, Carolina. 
And then finally, I want to raise uh, Stefan Diggs, who I like a lot. And uh, Stefan Diggs obviously, um, you know, was basically begging to be re- to be traded or released. <laughs> so this isn't actually a free agent signing, but uh, begged to be traded uh, to the Bills. And and as a side note, I think we might actually have Ryan now. I'm not even joking about this. Ryan, are you actually there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, no right. way. Oh, oh my this is God. amazing. This is amazing. This is amazing. Okay, so uh, I will say this. Um, you know, you know, Ryan, were you or were you not rated triple X as you were trying to get connected to the podcast today? You must have been way worse than me that time where I was like freaking out and I thought we weren't connecting and it turns out my mic was on. You must have been way worse than me. Yeah, so I'll and first of all, this uh, this whole being under lockdown, uh, Massachusetts has been one of the, the earlier doctor states. So I haven't been in the office since the beginning of March. Um, uh-huh. Very little human contact in my life. So I'm already going cabin fever, stir crazy as it is. Um, <laughs> right. And the fact that uh, now on both Firefox and on Google Chrome, I've cleared all my cookie caches and have gone to the point of my, my computer alerting me that it's double-checking if I want to allow all these permissions for blog talk site uh, and my microphone yep. still won't connect that I paid a couple hundred bucks for makes me uh, uh, makes me want to go on a Twitter campaign to destroy blog talk's reputation um, because <laughs> it is it is unbelievably frustrating. I have there is literally any I have given every single permission across the board in my settings on both browsers for this for this goddamn microphone and it still uh-huh. just will not connect and it used to connect with way less permissions. Yep. So I don't know what they changed. And all the feedback they gave you um, was wonderful. If any of it actually effing worked, but it doesn't. So thank you, no. thank you very much, Blog Talk, because it's you know you haven't pissed me off at all. So no big deal. No, right. it's good. Everything's right. good. That, yeah, everything's fine here. This is, a <laughs> you know, and I will say this. So not so I've been on that end. I've, I'm actually on that end as well. The, the fact that Blog Talk has been completely a mess for us uh, for many many seasons now, um, many many episodes, 150 episodes plus now of uh, having to wade through this. I actually called in with a phone today because I wanted to avoid um, these types of problems that I know that Ryan was was running into because that exactly happens all the time. They absolutely do uh, suck at this. So that being said, um, Ryan, I I hate the fact that this is your first, first contact after being quarantined for weeks uh, that you have to deal with. (laughs) Blog Talk Radio, but I do know that you want to talk at least a little bit about Tom Brady, and uh, so you know we had a little bit of a discussion already. We talked about the the Buccaneers side. We really didn't talk about the Patriots side that much because you know honestly um, I don't know enough about that. I've actually been kind of focused on what will happen in Tampa Bay. But give us your thoughts on that because I know everyone knows you're the long-suffering Patriots fan and you have a certain perspective <laughs> being up there in Boston. So tell us about that. What, how does, what does it mean for Brady and the Buccaneers? What does it mean for the Patriots? Well, I'll say that in, in general, and I'm a Stidham fan, um, uh, so I, I don't know that he's ready quite yet, but I'm, I'm in favor of the Bill Belichick philosophy of I'd rather move early than late. Um, right. in, in this city, we've seen it a lot. And while I wasn't here, well, I was like four or five years old when Bird was finishing his final games, uh, holding on right. to Larry Bird was to the detriment of the Celtics 
uh, in the early 90s. And then, you know, can't predict Reggie Lewis is going to die of a heart attack in practice, who is going to be the future. <laughs> but outside of that, right. they really set themselves right. up to be bad for the next 20 years, which they were. Um, and then Angels, uh, you know, group decided they weren't going to do that. And they got rid of Garnett in Pierce early, and they fleeced yeah. the Brooklyn Nets, and now they've retooled and rebuilt. So I'm, I'm much more in favor of moving on early and maybe being wrong for a year or two and eventually rebuilding. Um, the Patriots roster is extremely old. Um, they're up against the cap, and they needed to make um, – you know, I just think it's time for a rebuild. And I don't believe the Patriots are going to be uh, going to tank, uh, tank for Trevor Lawrence kind of team. I just – I don't see that. There's still too much talent on this roster. Um, in our mock draft that we're doing on Twitter, I yep. took T. Higgins. Um, the Patriots yep. have been routinely bad uh, on drafting rookie receivers, but I think that has a lot to do with the fact that 12 was not a very patient person when it came to rookie receivers, understanding the offense. So maybe a right, young guy right. that him is somebody that can work with younger talent. And if you go, you know, if T. Higgins is still sitting there, and you pair him up with uh, Nikhil Henry, and then you sell the Edelman at an older age. Now you have a, now you have a semblance of an offense, and if you can uh, you know fix the offensive line a little bit, the defense is still going to be good enough. They took a hit at linebacker, no doubt. But um, so that's where I think that is. What I will say just on the whole Brady saga um, is that it was time to end, and uh-huh. not for the on the field stuff, but for the off the field stuff, which definitely tripled uh-huh. on the field over the last year. 2018, they right. pulled the rabbit out of the hat. Um, but this thing has been, has been disintegrating since 2017. Uh, we all now famously, maybe more locally focused here. Um, the final episode of Tom vs. Time was the whole monologue of dedicate a lot of time to this. You got to ask yourself at the end of the day, who do you do this for? What do you do this for? Do you feel appreciated? Do you love it? Blah, 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 blah. And then Giselle comes on right. and she goes, you know, he works so hard and he just wants to be loved and blah, blah. And you could tell there was, there was a, a, a fracture there. A lot of Patriot fans got angry. He yelled at me on Twitter. They didn't want to hear it. Seth Wickersham is a moron. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Brady forever. Well, <laughs> Seth Wickersham, me, and everybody else who weren't wearing our Patriot pajamas uh, to work every day um, saw the writing on the wall. <laughs> you don't? That the you don't wear your Patriot pajamas to work every day? <laughs> no, because I, I, can, I can call it, I can call it as, as I see it. And there okay. was all that smoke that year was legit. There was an issue. They got it together, and they won in 2018. Chris Gasper, local writer, has one of my favorite lines uh, in sports. He says, um, uh, winning is the, is, the, is the greatest deodorant, meaning that when there's smoke and there's crap going on, if you're winning, things go well. When you're losing, that's yep. when the stink rises to the surface, and that's what you saw last year. Uh, you saw Brady mm-hmm. Powell all season long. Um, it wasn't working on the field anymore, and it was just time to move on. I think in 15, 20 years, Belichick and Brady will both look back on this and realize they mismanaged it. I don't think Belichick moved on from Brady for, for purely football reasons. I think there was an ego battle going on between the two of them. It came to a head. For sure. not reconcile it anymore. It was now affecting the on-field stuff. It was time to move on. So, yep. right move for the Patriots. I think the Buccaneers win more games than the Patriots do this year. I think that's a pretty easy thing mm-hmm. to say at this point. Um, I think the Patriots are probably around an 8-9 win team. Uh, Buccaneers are mm-hmm. probably closer to a 10-11 team, a 10 or 11 win team this year. Um, mm-hmm. With that said, one of my lasting things about Brady, and this is the last thing, I'll wrap it up. Uh, we all know all the stuff, all the implications of the Buccaneers and, and such, uh, but the other news that leaked out today was that, and we've heard trickles of this last couple of days, Bruce Arians, not an Antonio Brown guy, did not enjoy coaching him in Pittsburgh. Right. So right. all those rumors of reunion are dead. Um, Brady's done a lot of questionable things, <laughs> uh, yes. cooking his, 
his anger to some people that I wouldn't always um, agree with, mainly his personal trainer who has been uh, in trouble with the law in the past for selling concussion-proof water. Yes, um, yes we all know about uh, him. And, and amongst <laughs> other things. But for everything Antonio Brown's going through right now and has gone through the last year and a half and the person he's been and stuff, the fact that he's been so hell-bent on bringing that guy in uh, shows a dramatic shift in who Brady is. Brady used to be, give me anybody, I'll make them better. Now, now he's to the other point where he'll overlook a person and all their flaws and everything that they're doing, um, you know, and, and allegedly harming people, uh, stiffing people on money, all those kind of things. Now he's overlooking. He's now he's now willing to overlook them just to have that talent around him. So it's a philosophy shift. It's another thing that um, I personally didn't want Antonio Brown back here last year, and the fact that he's, I don't know, you know, attached his wagon to that guy makes me just question Brady um, and where his where his. Uh, priorities are at so anyways long story long uh time to go and um i like team building so i'm, en- I'm actually going to enjoy the rebuild in the next couple of years because um if you're a bears fan you're perpetually in it so i'm sure you're probably sick of team building and, and trying <laughs> you, to find the right pieces, want a down year it'll be, so nice, relax. It'll be a nice yeah. challenge to watch the, ex- the excitement of getting into the playoffs every year i'm like come on guys let's just, just take a year off huh let's take a year off so i can just Hey, it'd be football. nice to watch a rebuild yeah. and, and see how they reconstruct and see if they can retool for another 10 to 15 year run with uh with another yeah. guy. <laughs> well, hey, let me and now I'm gonna let this I'm gonna let this go as soon as we uh, as soon as I, I I hit this one last question. But Stidham is not it, right? I mean, there's got to be it's not gonna be Jared Stidham. Is it, it's not gonna be Brian Hoyer. It's not gonna be Cody Kessler. The Patriots are gonna no, go out and get somebody no, else. Oh no! Right? <laughs> really? No, I think I think it will be Stidham. And wow. I think okay. the, I mean, that was when, again, from a local perspective, within the last two weeks, three weeks, you started to realize that Brady was definitely 100% gone. Um, yeah. Because uh, a lot of pro Stidham articles started to appear from local beat okay. writers, which meant the Patriots okay. were now greasing the skids to let you know they were going to move on from Brady. Because they were like, right. you know, at the time, they're still doing the corporate, like, oh, we want Tom back, we're working on it. But also, you started hearing all this. Well, if Tom yep. is gone, the Patriots are really confident in Jared Stidham. He had a really impressive rookie season, you know, in practice Shocking. and stuff, and so you hear all that. So, uh, <laughs> Sounds like somebody just lost Tom Brady. But with that, <laughs> with that said, though, I, like, I, I do believe um, – and what his feeling is, is, you know, it's, it's, it's such a, com- a complicated question. I, I think Stidham could be the guy. He's not the guy in 2020. They're not going to win a Super Bowl right. this year. Uh, they'd be lucky if they make the playoffs with him. But yeah. – in a limited sample size, um, Joey's going through it right now at PFF. You have to watch a lot of game film when you're doing the training process. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of I had a couple Auburn games in that, so I got to watch a lot of Stidham. Uh, and I was impressed with him back then. I, I like his skill set. I think that he brings an athleticism to the field. Uh, McDaniel's going to have to retool and dumb down his offense for not the greatest quarterback of all time, with one of the best quarterback minds of all time. So that'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how that works out. But so, anyways, long-term answer, I think he could be. I don't know what his feeling is. I can tell you that, aside from Jim Lee Garoppolo, he's hands down the best guy they've ever had in that role. Between Hoyer, uh, Matt Castle, uh, Ryan Mallett, all those other guys that have been here in the number two role, um, who uh-huh. there's definitely never Jacoby really going to be a future with. I'd put him above Jacoby Brissett ceiling-wise, at least right now from what okay. I've seen. Now, could he be better than okay. Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't know. But if you find a guy, this is all I've ever said to Patriot fans, you're not going to find another Tom Brady. If you find the next guy who's the 11th best quarterback during his time. If you find, you know, uh, whatever, a Tony Romo, uh, a Jay Cutler, you're not somebody that's necessarily going to lead you to championships with somebody who can put up the numbers and, 
and help you move the offense, if that's the guy you replace with, as opposed to what the Dolphins replaced Marino with over the last 20 years, then that's a win. And so that's yeah, all I'm no. looking for. That's my expectations, and I think he could be that good. We'll see if he develops into it. Right. I'll just say don't don't shoot for Jay Cutler because uh, I'm still bitter about that one. So, you know, just saying. <laughs> hey, jo- hey, Joey, let me turn it over for you for I a second. I would take that as a follow-up. To, if you get 20, but, again, you're just going to look in this. You get 20 years of Tom Brady with six championships, and then you yeah. get another 15 years of relevancy with a Jay Cutler ceiling-wise kind of guy that, you know, may disappear right, during right. the big moments so it keeps you relevant and competing. That's, I mean, right. that's, that's 35 years but, in a row. That's all you can really ask for. Well, thank you for calling us relevant over the last 10 years. I, pre- I appreciate that. <laughs> I, appreciate I think it was like a two-year flash that. you guys were relevant. Don't, don't, don't get excited, <laughs> big guy. I think it was like two there years was a, you guys You're right, two like, years. You know, All right, I'll take it. Joey, let me get your response <laughs> to that on, on the, the Patriots. Uh, just because we didn't talk about that, we talked about the Tampa Bay side. But what do you think? Um, you think they're going to go out and get a quarterback? There's a couple veteran quarterbacks still out there. Obviously, there's a lot of options in the draft, um, even into the second round. Uh, you know, a Jacob Eason type, um, Jake Fromm, you know, those types. What do you think? What do you think the Patriots are going to do on for their quarterback? Obviously, I'm going to lean into Ryan's opinion on this one just because he's got a hefty amount of uh, leverage over us in terms of Patriots knowledge. Um, <laughs> right, but right. I, I, uh, I, I was watching Georgia football a lot, so I was watching Auburn, making sure they were in, doing well, I guess. So I got to watch Jerry right. Stidham a lot too. And I'm not the biggest fan of his. Um, but I do see him probably starting this year. And like Ryan mentioned, the Patriots are pretty backed up against the Cavs. So, like, we talk about these veteran quarterbacks, like, oh, Cam Newton this, Cam Newton that. Like, oh, let's bring in Andy Dalton. Uh, I don't even know if that's a realistic possibility for the Patriots at this time. Uh, I, Ryan, feel free to correct me if, like, how much cash space they have. But I don't think uh, Newton or They're Dalton the second would be on the table right now. right now. And then um, in the draft, if you're not going <laughs> to – you're not going to draft the quarterback of the future. Like you know, you're probably only getting your quarterback of the future in the first round. I would not spend draft capital on a on an Easton or a Fromm because are probably not. You're just blowing draft capital. So if Stidham isn't the answer this year, the record will show it. The draft position next year will show it, and then uh, they can go from there. All right. One oh, thing we'll I'll touch on that see. real quick. Yep. Just one thing to add to that, because I've been a big Fromm guy. I think I've said in past episodes on here that I'd like yeah. to, to to go after Fromm in the third. Um, yes. I mentioned that to a Patriot insider, uh, like a beat reporter, and his comment back to me was that um, the Patriots view uh, from a throwing and IQ perspective uh, from as an equal to, uh, to Jarrett Stidham, uh, and, and they think that Stidham has a higher ceiling, and they also think that – Stidham's legs and athleticism give him more of an up. And he said that he would agree with that. Pass will introduce a competition that could potentially uh, shake Stidham's confidence this early, and they'll probably just turn the keys over to him, let Hoyer be the veteran guy who knows the offense to tutel- uh, give him the tutelage to um, to improve. So it looks like okay. it's Stidham. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, I, I can buy into that. I actually thought they were going to get somebody, but I don't know uh, the Patriots as well as you guys, uh, as, uh, definitely not as well as you Ryan. They might still but, go get somebody, uh, yeah, but from apparently they, 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 they appear or they, they view as a redundant asset uh, to Jarrett Stidham. I look at it as why right. not throw two pieces of, well, I won't call them crap, but, you know, two unknowns <laughs> against the window and two which one sticks. Uh, sure, yeah. But yeah. Uh, apparently they, they, they think that would be a waste of a third-round pick, uh, at least from the one right. person I do. So. 
Okay, that's fair. Interesting. All right, well, it'll be interesting to see how they, they take care of that. So um, well, let's turn away from Tom Brady because obviously there's, there's you can be talking about Tom Brady forever. Um, let's turn over to the favorite free agent signing. So uh, just so uh, you know, uh, Ryan, before you jumped on, uh, Joey named off Nickel Roby Coleman, Vernon Butler, and Nate Ebner. Uh, some great ones, the smaller ones, actually, that I, I hadn't really paid as much attention to, so that's really, that's really cool. I had uh, mentioned um, two folks, uh, one of which you may or may not agree with, Robert Quinn. I like him. A defensive ad for the Bears, and Teddy Bridgewater, who I just root for, going to the Panthers. I love that one. And I just was just mentioning uh, Stephon Diggs. Even though it wasn't a free agent signing, it was a trade to the Bills. I think that is a fantastic uh, get for the Bills, uh, particularly because Josh Allen has one of the highest off-target percentage in any quarterback in in uh, football last season. So you need somebody who can go up and get it, and I think Stephon Diggs has that ability to do so. And it pushes John Brown and Cole Beasley back to uh, two and three receivers, which is where I think they probably belong. So that being said, let's flip it over to you. What are your top three free agent signings uh, so far? All right. Well, one of them uh, got taken here uh, because I, um, I, I probably for different reasons than you, or at least different reasons than you just cited. Um, mm-hmm. I love uh, Teddy Bridgewater to Carolina. Oh, yeah. And Great. mainly because I think um, that Cam Newton is, is uh, damaged goods. Um, and and there's, some, there's been some interesting studies that have come out. Um, you know, so for one, I know he's been injured. Obviously, the injury concerns are huge. And he's going into an age in his career where the athleticism will be less. So he's going to have to rely on throwing more than he ever has. Uh, this is a guy who I saw earlier today, and I did not fact check this, so I'm just going to run with it. I think it was ESPN that posted it out, the stat I saw. Or no, it was CBS because it was an Adam Shine click uh, mm-hmm. or clip where he was just ripping apart Cam Newton, which I think was too strong. But uh, that being said, I think his, 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 his career completion percentage is 59.8%. So okay. if that's a guy who loses any mobility, you're going to now rank on, now you're going to bank on that. Now I'm going to shout out PFF. PFF looked at um, – the top 10 uh, most um, uh, outlier seasons at the quarterback. And while he actually has two of them, uh, 2013 through 2015, if you take those three years out of Cam Newton's uh, career, he's not a top 10 quarterback in any season. I think those are the only three, and I forget what what metric it was used by. It might have even been one of PFF's graded. uh, It might have been PFF grades. But regardless – in examination of him, he's really had three good seasons ever. And now we hang on to those three sevens. We immortalize those three sevens, uh, or those three seasons. You had the 2013, which is an unbelievable year. I think 2014 was a bit of a regression. And then 2015 was obviously the Super Bowl run and MVP season. So long way of saying that's not a guy you want to hit your wagon to. Um, right. New owner in the last couple of years, new head coach, probably time to turn that page. And say what you want. Uh, the fact that Cam Newton's not really getting a serious look yet tells you the way kind of he's evaluated across the league right now. Now, I'm sure there are some teams that would take him that are all set at their quarterback position uh, and, and yep. don't need to, but the point is there are a couple major teams, the Chargers come to mind, uh, who have a mm-hmm. vacancy, uh, and even the Bears with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. Cam Newton at his peak. kidding me? It's not, even, got it's not the, even a question. There's a two-man attack there. <laughs> We don't need anybody <laughs> it's not else. The question in their peak, <laughs> they move over to that, uh, over to Cam, but they're but they're not right now. So right, that was right. that was on my list of uh, of the three. Um, mm-hmm. My other one, 
unfortunately, my nine-year-old son just hell hell bent on pissing me off uh, and telling me he's a bigger <laughs> Saints fan than he is a Patriots fan. Um, wow! So I've had to watch Wait, a lot can of we just Saints call him Blog <laughs> I think I think it's uh, unfortunately while the Pams, while the Patriots winning is fun they're obviously not a big star ridden uh, team so I think uh, you know he draws more to the the fun team so okay um, all right long way of saying I watch way too, watch way more Saints football than I watch people at the time um, their biggest issue though is Jared Cook's been a nice addition at tight end. Obviously, Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in football. Obviously, he's one of the top five guys now. Uh, Alvin Kamara uh, and Tavis Murray is a formidable backfield. Obviously, got Drew Brees, good defense of unit they put together the last couple of years. They don't have a number two receiver. They've bounced around between Ted Ginn, Traquan Smith. Uh, God, what is the guy's name? Why am I thinking of that? Willie Sneed. You know, they've, they've, mm-hmm. they've jumbled guys in there, moved them in and out. Nothing's really worked. Um, I think Emmanuel Sanders, while over the hill, Slotting in as the number two guy in that offense in a dome, fast track, that kind of offense. I think Emmanuel Sanders has a massive season this year for the Saints. I think that's an amazing pickup, and it adds a weapon that they've been missing as that number two receiver. Now you can slot, and, and there's the, the, the residual effect, right? Maybe Traquan, Swift can, or Traquan Smith can you know, now produce as the, as the number three guy with more favorable matchup. Now you have to worry about Kamara out of the backfield, Jared Cook, Emmanuel Sanders and Mike Thomas, and now Traquan Smith might be able to improve and reach more of his ceiling. So, love that move all right. around. Yep. The last one. Pretty good deal, too. $16 million for two years. Yeah, it's not a bad deal. It's, it's pretty competitive, and I think um, that's uh-huh. a guy that might, might just be looking for one more ring. So, um, I love that move for them. Uh, and then, lastly, since you did this, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll break the, the, the technical free agency uh, wording rules as well. And also, yes. uh, the biggest deal of it all. Uh, I mean, I, if, if you're an NFL team, I don't know how you don't just call Billy O'Brien every day and see what you can get. Uh, yeah. That man <laughs> I was is, wondering when DeAndre Hopkins is going to come up. He's literally one of my favorite people in, in, in football. Um, I just hate his demeanor. And it, it's him and it's two Patriot protégés. It's him and, and uh, Matt Patricia who I get that they were coordinators in a really good system, and Patricia has rings. I don't think O'Brien was here during it. I know he was in the offensive coordinator. He might have been an assistant coach on, like, the 0-4 team or something like that. I'd have to go look. But regardless, you'll see, you'll see him say he did. At, at their ceiling, they're back, they're, they've been assistant or, or coordinator coaches to win Super Bowls. And so where their arrogance and their level of attitude comes from, and then you look at the moves that this man has made over the last couple of years. Um, just an absolute dumpster fire that Houston, he's going to leave it in. Uh, and now his quarterback's pissed off, too. Made that, he's made that very clear on social media. I mean, you look at, you look at, what, the, you look at what, what Diggs got, uh, got the Vikings going to Buffalo, and then you look at the return that the Texans got for DeAndre Hopkins, who yeah, is a nice player and a great route runner. I don't know. I'll just say I don't know. Can can Stephon if if you don't have if you don't have other weapons around could you could you put Diggs on a bad team or a, an offense that is you know uh, missing of weapons uh, or short on weapons could you put him in that system and watch him just take over I don't know no but I, but I can answer no. DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> you can because because you've seen yes. it you've seen it with DeAndre Hopkins yes. so. I don't think I need to explain that DeAndre Hopkins is a way better receiver than Stephon Diggs. And again, we're talking about a wide receiver class of wide receiver one and a low end two, high end three. So it's not like Diggs is a fine player. 
but he's not DeAndre Hopkins. And you look at what they got versus you got De- you got David Johnson, who I wrote this last year uh, before the season for PFF. I was not allowed to publish it. They didn't believe, they didn't agree with my take, so we didn't end up going live with it. But okay. David Johnson's had one good season, and whether it's been injury, a bad offensive line, a bad offense, rookie season, there's always something with David Johnson that <laughs> keeps him from being a high end guy. It was 2016. That's it. We've talked about Cam Newton three years, really, or really two out of three, but whatever, call it three-year stretch, uh, inflating our opinion of him. David Johnson's worse, and I'm a guy who was on David Johnson before he, before he even became a thing. I drafted him in a non-dynasty league and held on to him an entire season just to keep him in like your standard keeper league because I believe sure. in David Johnson that much. And whether it's injuries yep. or breaking down or he just I missed and he just isn't that good, I don't know what to tell you. But all I know is he's only been good for one year. So you get that back in a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins, and you had to flip a pick back in that, you got fleeced again. Just like he did for Larry yeah. Tunsil last year. Just like, he's, just like he's gotten fleeced since he took over. That loss in Kansas City last year was a fireable offense, and this should have been a fireable offense, and it all should have been fireable offenses. He's going to leave. When he does eventually get fired in two or three years, that team will suck for the next ten years because they'll have no draft picks. They'll have no young talent. And even if Deshaun Watson's there, he's gonna he'll still be disgruntled. And I don't I don't I can't imagine a world where Deshaun Watson looks at that that organization right now. And and I'd have to look. He's probably up in like a year or two uh, on that contract. You think he's extending? I take my and this way to saw quarterbacks get paid in the free agent market. I'm taking my talents for free agency. I'm not resigning. He's going to find him. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, and he uh, he had signed a four year contract in 2017, so he's up coming up next year after 2021. So you can imagine that he might be looking around and saying, "Where well, what the heck am I doing here?" Uh, I will. Those that's interesting. I, and I think all of us agree on the DeAndre Hopkins and how Bill O'Brien's an idiot. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to you, Joy, just for the final minute here as we shut as we shut down to get your take on any of those things. I will mention one more thing because I was a big XFL guy, and I didn't mention that <laughs> PJ Walker was going to get signed. He did. He got signed by the Carolina Panthers. And guess what? I said Carolina Panthers because of Matt Rule and the fact that they played, that he coached when he, when P.J. Walker played for Temple. And you know who else Matt Rule went on and got? He got Robbie Anderson, also from Temple, who played for P.J. Walker. He's going to reassemble that 2015 uh, Temple team over in Carolina. So it'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out. But, but in all, all seriousness, P.J. Walker deserved a look. I'm glad he got signed by Carolina. Now let's see if he makes the roster. Fingers crossed. We'll see. All right. Anyway, turn it over, turn it over to Joey. We have our last minute here. Uh, any takes on any of those things that, uh, that Ryan said about his uh, favorite uh, free agent signings or any of the ones that we had talked about previously? Um, I mean, I wasn't as high on the Bridgewater signing just because I don't know how capable he is as a long-term starter in the league. I mean, he was uh-huh. cheap, so I liked that aspect of the deal. And I mentioned in the uh, Football Garbage Time first-round mock draft, there's the plug yep. for you. Uh, I drafted yep. Herbert to the Panthers before Bridgewater was signed. But then I, when I came back and did my little analysis of it, I said the same thing, that I don't know if Bridgewater is the future and if this is a mock draft where if I was the Carolina Panthers and not what I think the Panthers are going to do, that I would go quarterback in the first round. Um, with that uh-huh. said, DeAndre Hopkins' trade was the most laughable decision I've seen in so long. I mean, we were laughing at the Giants last year for trading Odell Beckham for a first, a third, and a starting safety. <laughs> and yeah. the, the Texans got a second and the backup running back in David Johnson, who got benched last year, uh, for yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, who I think leaps and bounds better than Odell Beckham. 
So yep, uh, yep. I don't know what that. I don't know if there's something behind the scenes or uh, what was going on there, but that was pretty terrible. Uh, good thing there's nobody uh, who can keep uh, Bill O'Brien in check because Bill O'Brien is also the GM. Um, so that's <laughs> a great organization running there in uh, Houston. Uh, also another city that I hate. Uh, Houston and Tampa Bay, <laughs> F you, I hate you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Wow. Uh, There's a lot of hot takes from Joey today, a lot of hate. Hey, I'll say this. I'll say this. Houston Roughnecks from the XFL, better team than the Houston Texans. I think that's is that, that, that's a buy or sell right there. I'm buying that one right there. And I'll ooh, say this. I love ooh. Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina, but if he doesn't make it, P.J. Walker all the way, guys. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, all right. So enough XFL uh, love because, obviously, I'm the only person on the planet who likes watching that stuff. So let's go ahead and hit the air horn on the show. We ran a little bit long today, but I wanted to make sure we got a lot in because, hey, we've been off the air for like three weeks. It's been ridiculous. We're going to get back more regular now that we're all uh, settled down here. Uh, so, hey, Ryan, give us your social media so people can follow you because, clearly, you uh, could use some social contact. <laughs> yes, uh clearly I could. Um yes, you can follow me on uh Twitter at Ryan Whitfield and E uh and one other quick plug because I need more followers on it. If you agree with me about the, uh, the about the the trade, um you know, and you want to keep up on more Arizona Cardinal news, go ahead and follow the the PFF Twitter account that I'm running uh which is at @pff underscore cardinals for all your oh, nice. Cardinal news. Oh, definitely. Everybody definitely sign up for that. I mean, we, we, I, we'll, we'll definitely have to plug that going forward because they, Hey, more Ryan is never a bad thing. <laughs> hey, you can see, you I can, can see what that. I tweet like when I don't swear and lose my mind. All right, Joey, give us your uh, social media so people can follow you. I got two things real quick. Uh, Ryan mentioned on the uh, earlier in the podcast, but I had mentioned on the pod yet, and I had met, mentioned it to you yet, Kong. But I was yep. invited to train to be an analyst with PFF. Um, yep. So it's going well so far. I'll keep you guys updated and all that. And secondly, that's awesome. Uh, in terms of everything that's going on with the coronavirus, uh, you know, I know I talked about my dipshit governor Brian Kemp earlier, um, but I mean, <laughs> this is all on us. As a collective whole, you know, you can stay inside, even if your governor is a piece of shit, um, who's a corporate <laughs> heat sucking asshole. Um, right, we're right. Go that far. Fair. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, if you are in a good position, I encourage you to donate to hospitals or uh, just anybody, anything you can, food banks. Um, it's a trying time out there, so uh, do your best. Nice. I like and that. And on a note on that, please stay indoors so that we can get through this so I can get the hell out of my house because I'm going insane. That's right. Insane. Please do. <laughs> so, so please, for once, I'm going to endorse what Joey said. Please listen. Let's get, get, let's get this over with so I can go back to my, my normal life because I can't stay right. in here anymore. Thank you. Right. Right. Four more weeks. This is Brian right here. The big explosion. That's what's going to happen up there in Boston. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. My son's school has already been canceled until May 3rd, so I'm homeschooling, working from home full-time. Uh-oh. Uh, we don't no want that. No, we don't want Ryan homeschooling anybody. That's a bad idea. <laughs> 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 that is not going to end well. I'm just saying that right now. All right. So, hey, thanks, everybody, for uh, wasting time with us as usual. We're going to try and get more regular and get back out here more frequently to talk more football with you because we are going to get closer to the draft, and from all I can see – actually going to come up so until next time everybody 
Uh, stay safe, stay inside, social distance, all that stuff. Let's get over this and get back out there and enjoy your NFL week. And join us again next time when we hit more stuff on free agency because it's just such a great year. 